Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to a live edition of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am one member of your American Council of the Blind uh, advocacy and governmental affairs team. My name is Clark Rockfall, and I am the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. And I am joined by my colleague. Yeah, hi, I am Swatha Nanda Kumar. I am the American Council of the Blind's advocacy and outreach specialist. Good evening, Swatha. Good evening, Clark. And tonight we are here in the ACB community and streaming on ACB Media to share with folks our first legislative imperative for the 2020 ACB Leadership Conference to be held March 12th through 15th. And it will be held virtually this year, same as last year. Um, And if you have not done so, please visit acb.org in order to register for this year's leadership conference. There's some great programming in store, not only the president's meetings for our affiliate leaders, uh, tons of content to learn more about ACB National, the resources available and ways to strengthen your affiliates, and the work that you all do on the state and local levels, um, as well as for our special interest affiliates. And then Swatha, we take over. We take over on Monday, March 14th, and Tuesday, March 15th, with the legislative seminar. Yep, that's me to shine. And Swatha, what uh, what types of things do folks have in store for the legislative seminar this year? I know that the agenda has not yet been finalized. There are some items in flux, but what can folks look forward to? Yeah, so we have a variety of, of keynote speakers, um, ranging from government and the federal agencies to members of Congress. And um, yeah, so members of Congress from senators and representatives and others. Um, and they also expect um, a seminar on hill, on hill etiquette, how to advocate advocate for your legislative imperatives, and sessions of each legislative imperative. So. Yes, and so we will have several breakout sessions led by uh, several names and faces who are familiar to the community and to ACB media, consisting of our committee leaders as well as members of the Advocacy Steering Committee, some of our ACB Board of Directors who are passionate advocates in their own right will be leading sessions. And then like Swatha said, special guests from government as well as some of our corporate partners in which ACB collaborates with will be joining us. Um, And then also throughout the weekend or throughout the entire event, we will be featuring uh, the ACB board of advisors. Uh, Two of them are frequent guests for the leadership conference, uh, including Charles Cooper from the Signal Group, as well as Matthew Handley, um, who is an attorney that works with ACB on legal advocacy issues. 
So we'll be able to provide an update from them, their perspective and outlook for the year ahead, um, as well as other items. So please register for the leadership conference, visit acb.org, and we will be happy to have you join us this year. The leadership conference and the legislative seminar all lead to our week of advocacy. Um, So following the legislative seminar, we're encouraging everyone to get in touch with your state and special interest affiliates, work with them to help schedule meetings with your members of Congress and the items that ACB and our affiliates will be sharing with members of Congress this year. The first one is an imperative that we also had in 2021, and that is the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. So building off of ACB's Get Up and Get Moving campaign, which is focusing on public awareness, partnerships, and advocacy, Uh, What better way to help everyone get up and get moving, but uh, urging Congress to pass the Exercise and Fitness for All Act, requiring the Department of Justice to promulgate regulations that would require accessibility for exercise and fitness equipment, uh, thereby making exercise and fitness more accessible for everyone. So, Swatha, why, why is this needed as a legislative imperative? Well, Clark, it is, or our guest, um, it is because a vast major- for, for, for the majority of people with disabilities, um, gyms are not accessible for us. The gyms, we don't have, they don't, the equipment doesn't have um, any sort of audible, any sort of audible indicators or any sort of, like, tactile um features for us to be able to use them and so we can't only get up get up get moving in the community we can't only access equipment so and that is uh, such a great point Swathi the the CDC has a bunch of data uh, regarding the uh, the adverse health barriers for people with disabilities the comorbid conditions when you think about it you know more than a quarter of Americans, more than 25% of Americans have some form of disability, uh, including nearly nearly 100 million Americans um, that either have or will have severe vision loss. Um, so we're, you know, and we're talking about a population of over 300 million, but we're approaching a third of that population. And certainly as our you know, adult population is more prone to obesity and conditions like diabetes, which lead to vision loss. And then as the population gets older and older Americans have age-related vision loss, all of these come or can make us more susceptible to other comorbid conditions. Um, So high cholesterol, heart disease, hypertension, uh, you know, poor mental health. And to go on down the list, uh, the CDC estimates that there are, uh, not estimates, but there are 13 comorbid conditions that people with vision loss are more prone uh, to having or that we have at higher rates 
than the rest of the population. And like Swatha said, exercise and fitness equipment uh, on the vast majority is not acceptable to us. And it doesn't matter if it's the new smart equipment with, you know, fancy tablet touch screens and uh, whiz bang internet enabled classes, or it's older equipment with, with buttons. The buttons aren't labeled. Um, there's no audio output for what's on the screen. And we don't have the same independent access to use this equipment, whether it's in our home or in a gym or fitness facility like the rest of the population. But fortunately, Swatha, there's, there's a cure for that. And there's uh, our legislative imperative from last year, the Exercise or Fitness for All Act has been reintroduced in both the House and Senate. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit more about the bill that was introduced in the House and Senate, Swatha? Yeah, so the bill that was introduced by Senator Duckworth in the Senate and um, Representative Don Young and, um, yeah, and Representative Solnier in the House, um, this bill would require gyms and other facilities or fitness facilities to have um, at least a certain number of accessible fitness equipment that um, and at least and a staff member trained in using the equipment and using assisting a person with a disability and using the equipment and also um, create standards for the create um, yeah have the staff members also trained in classes so Thanks, Swatha. And just to overcap, so like Swatha said, this bill is championed by Senator Duckworth from Illinois in the Senate. There are uh, other Senate original co-sponsors for this legislation, including Senator Bob Casey, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, Senator Dianne Feinstein, a Democrat from California, and Richard Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut. Um, so although these are four Democrats, this is not a Democrat-specific issue. And we really think that this, this can and should be a bipartisan piece of legislation in the Senate as well. Um, in the Senate, this is bill number S2504. And there is a companion bill in the House of Representatives. Uh, as Swatha said, it is a bipartisan bill introduced by Representative uh, Mark Desaulnier from California and Don Young from Alaska. And this bill in the House is H.R. 4756. And there's an additional House co-sponsor, and that's Representative uh, Dina Titus from Nevada. So there are 538 elected officials in the House and Senate, and we've only named seven of them here. So if one of these are your member of Congress, when you meet with them, you know, thank them for uh, either introducing or co-sponsoring the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. However, if your representatives or senators are one of the 
Oh, quick math. Uh, 531 members of Congress who are not co-sponsors of the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. Um, this is a, a great opportunity to urge them to get on board, you know, talk to them as a constituent, talk to them as a, con- as a voter, talk with them as a passionate advocate, and urge for them to support this legislation. So, Swatha, what are some th- some things to, it's not to remember, um, but what are some important things to share uh, from either personal experience or on behalf of ACB and our members when meeting with elected officials regarding the Exercise and Fitness for All Act? No, definitely um, mention what the impact for you would be having equipment, um, experiences with gyms or with fitness, with treadmills or ethicals or um, any gym equipment. So definitely mention that your experience, experience what would mean to you if it has equipment. And yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so we all have stories, right? And the chances are your members of Congress have not interacted with many people who are blind. Uh, certainly their staff members, if their staff are younger, you know, they, they may have known or been friends with somebody who's blind in school, but otherwise they've probably not encountered that many people who are blind or who have vision loss. So being able to share with them your personal experiences of what it's like trying to use this equipment uh, navigating a gym. You know, nobody argues that a gym is allowed to have an inaccessible building, right? Yeah. But yes, we can walk in that door. Uh, we can make our way to the equipment and that's where the accessibility stops. Um, so being able to convey to them what it's like needing to rely on sighted assistance every time you go to a gym, every time you want to start a workout uh, or stop the equipment, and what it would mean to you to be able to take control of your health and have independent access to this equipment. Um, there may be other, other topics or questions that come up as you are um, speaking with them about this imperative. You know, how do you make a piece of exercise or fitness equipment accessible? Uh, what's necessary to do that? And certainly we'd want to make sure that there is an accessible user interface. Um, this could be with tactile buttons and labels. Uh, it could also be an accessible user interface like many of us have on our computers and smartphones. Um, and if they've never experienced uh, accessibility software, certainly that software that's included in our smart devices this could be a great opportunity to introduce them to what is possible and what's capable in modern technology so they don't see this as being an unrealistic request or a burden on gyms and manufacturers. Because we all know we use this technology on a daily basis, uh, but they don't have that same uh, experience and engagement with accessible technology like we do. So in addition to sharing that, it's a matter of the, it, it exists. It's a matter of just having them put it in the equipment. So exactly. 
So in addition to sharing, that's a great point, Swatha. Thank you. Uh, so in addition to sharing our personal stories and experiences, you know, compared to them, we are also the, the experts on accessible technology. Um, so we shouldn't be afraid to show them what is what is possible and what's capable. Um, it's also important that this equipment has audio output, um, whether that's audio output of the, you know, the menus and the options that are available, but also audio output of the workout itself. So we know what our, what we are doing. We know where our heart rate is, how much time we have left, what the, the incline or speed or difficulty is all of the information that other people have access to visually uh, we need access to that same information on accessible equipment. And then, Swatha, another item in, in this legislation that comes up frequently, I know uh, I see Leslie, I'm curious if that's Leslie Spoon here in the audience, but is on having uh, trained staff to provide assistance with the accessible equipment as well as accessible class instruction. Because yeah. how, many, how many times do we hear about folks who they could be new to working out or they could be trying out a new class to see if it's a better fit for them. Uh, but they, they don't have access to accessible instruction. So being able to learn the movements, learn what's required and learn how to do it safely is also very important. Yeah. Or having a staff member tell you that you can't use something or they don't know how, 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 how to have to assist you, assist you with equipment. So yeah, having the staff member just trained to do that is going to be very, very, very beneficial, especially when you're new to gym and new to working out. So. Exactly. So uh, I would say everyone, uh, as we progress here to the leadership conference, um, and we, we go through our sessions and you all work with your affiliates to set up those meetings with your members of Congress. Um, please urge them to co-sponsor the Exercise and Fitness for All Act S-2504 in the Senate and H.R. 4756 in the House of Representatives. And Swatha, anything you want to add before we open it up to questions from the audience? Yeah, you definitely um, just mentioned, yeah, definitely highlight, highlight the fact that it's there and it already exists and that you, um, what, what it mean to you when you're, what it, mean, what it would mean to you when you're meeting with, when you're meeting with congressmen, when you're meeting, meeting with your members of Congress, so they work for you, so they want to hear your stories. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, don't go as far as telling them that you pay their salaries. No, don't do that. <laughs> but they are. They, they, they want to hear from their constituents. They want to know, um, you know, what they can do, how they can help you as their constituents, as voting constituents. Um, so, so let them know. It's, it couldn't be easier. You know, the bill's already introduced. The text is written. The ink is dry. Mm -hmm. um, all they have to do is co-sponsor either S-2504 or H.R. 4756. All right. And Sheila, I think we're ready to open it up to Q&A. Anthony. Hey, Clark. Hey, Swatha. Hey, Anthony. So, 
So um, I'm really glad that I was um, that I was assigned to stream this because after the Sunday edition that we did together, I actually got a very lengthy email from someone who was listening who spoke about the um, apps that are available or that could be created based upon things like the sleep number bed and for, and certain retail operations that once you open up that app, they give you like a layout of the store, et cetera. So the person was asking, why haven't we advocated for things like an app that would give us the instructions for the various machines, point out the buttons, et cetera, et cetera, especially for free weights that don't have uh, displays and don't have any kind of output whatsoever, shouldn't we be advocating more towards a universal app that would help us along the way? Well, it's certainly, it's certainly not an option for advocacy, but um, not everyone has access to a smartphone or has access to, to the app store so or can afford to get a smartphone, so it's not going to work for everybody. And that's a great and answer. That's, that's how we should answer an LA if if they bring up the same thing to us. Mm-hmm. Yes, that it that is a. Um, I've I've not heard a suggestion like that. That certainly is an interesting um, option or suggestion. Uh, there are a lot of companies that do you know indoor navigation and wayfinding type solutions that could help folks navigate the indoor environment. Um, But to Swatha's point, not everyone has, not everyone uses, not everyone can afford to or wants to have a smartphone. So whatever solution is developed or solutions are developed, we need to make sure that the accessible services are available to everyone. Uh, And Anthony, to that question and to that point, I'll also add, uh, you know, whether it is in a gym or fitness facility or it is equipment that has been purchased or provided for somebody's home use, we want to make sure that the accessibility features are included. Hey, guys. Hi, Swatha. Hi, Clark. Good evening. Hey, I, it is me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so happy you guys are doing this. this. This imperative is so near and dear to my heart. So um very, very excited. Um, I wanted to ask you, so the Nevada congressperson just just came on as a co-sponsor? Uh, no, I believe Dina Titus has been on for, for quite some time uh, since uh, the bill was reintroduced last July. Um, right. And I would have to check, but I think Dina Titus has been on since... I would say like October, excuse me, August, September timeframe of last year. Okay. Cause I'm going out to see my family in April and I was thinking I might just happen to call her office and, and see, you know, I don't know if she'd be there or she's in Washington, you know, but it never hurts. So it never hurts. And you know, I'm kind of a both owner in both places. So <laughs> there you go. A good opportunity to, to build that connection. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and say, thank you for co-sponsoring this mm-hmm. imperative. But what about oh, these other imperatives? Yeah. And I, I have to tell you real quickly, I talked to somebody last night and I told them my profession. And they said, oh, my goodness. So, you know, it, it's it's interesting. And this is near and dear to my heart. And like Swatha said, it's it's not hard. People can do it. So it's just if they want to, you know, make it accessible for us. So mm-hmm. that's right, Leslie. And. I think Leslie, you're also touching on a point that you know we we don't make enough or uh, we don't 
a point we do not make enough. And that is, you know, you mentioned the last time you spoke with them, this, this leadership conference and these Hill meetings, these might be the first time that individuals connect with their elected officials and staff, but Mm -hmm. it won't be the last time, right? We're building relationships. We're building connections um, so that not only can we advocate for these issues, but that we can continue advocating for these issues and more issues in the future. Right. Um, and, so. and like you said, with everything that, that, you know, the morbidity, you know, the heart disease, the hypertension, it's so true, you know, and, and we shouldn't be exempt from working out as a blind and visually impaired community. Absolutely. Good evening, everyone. I hope you're all doing well this afternoon, evening. Um, My question is, if we are fortunate to get um, a congressperson, congressmember, senator, um, or staff person who says, you know, we're really on board, um, we want to know more. Uh, where can we learn about accessibility and making things accessible, especially equipment? I mean, they may figure programs is a matter of talking to someone, but equipment, they might think, well, we want to do it, but how, where do we go? Um, Is there um, a ready, quick answer, Clark and Swatha, that you have for us? Or is that something we should research in preparation for the meetings. Thank you both. And you guys are great. Thanks for the uh, sessions tonight. Thank you, Stephanie. Uh, Swatha, so if folks want to, if congressional offices want to learn more about this legislative imperative, I guess for starters, what should they do? They can talk to us at ACB or they can talk to the office that is sponsoring the legislation in a few because they have my, they have research on this. Yeah, so it, it easy. The easiest answers are to put them in contact with Swatha and me. Um, you can do that as a thank you follow up email from your meeting and copy us on it. Um, you could follow up with us at by emailing advocacy at acb.org. And let us, letting us know that this particular staff member or this particular office would like to learn more about accessible exercise and fitness or ex- exercise and fitness equipment. Um, we will also have a kind of in, an after action hill feedback survey. So you could complete the survey and have that inf- share that information with us so we know what offices to follow up with and what issues they found interesting or important to them. Uh, the other option is to have them get in contact with the staff that introduced the bill. So in the Senate, have them get in contact with Senator Duckworth for S-2504. And in the House, have them get in touch with Representatives DeSaulnier and Young for HR 4756. Um, and the, the, the staff all know how to contact one another. They know who, right. Right. Uh, who to reach out to from specific offices on specific issues. Clark, may I add one other thing? You may. Um, 
I am a member of Planet Fitness, and it's been a few months since I received a, a kind of a little brief notice. But it mm-hmm. appears that Planet Fitness is is pursuing, um, um, I guess, a, a, a plan or in, planning to implement something where they're replacing old equipment with accessible equipment. Is that something you can speak to tonight? Oh, I would happily speak. I will always speak to that. Um, so at ACB, in working with the um, the Coalition for Inclusive Fitness, which is ACB, Paralyzed Veterans of America, and uh, National Council on Independent Living, or NICL, uh, we had a joint announcement with Planet Fitness that when accessible equipment becomes available, that Planet Fitness will... Uh, purchase and install that equipment in their, you know, their health clubs or their locations. Um, so this is this is not a a short term solution. Um, you know, the, this equipment is just now becoming available in the market, and they still need to do their, you know, their due diligence and their testing of it to ensure that um, you know, the manufacturers producing it. And the equipment that's available is suitable for the commercial market. Um, but what this does show is the the willingness of commercial fitness facilities uh, to turn an eye towards accessibility, to make a more welcoming, safe, and respectful environment for people with disabilities. So we are we are excited about that announcement, but we know that that's just the first step. And that we need to continue our collaboration with them and others to ensure that the facility providers are committed to making their spaces more accessible, just as we work with the the manufacturers to ensure that their equipment is more accessible. Because it seems like this is something that people can point to um, when they're talking to staffers to remind them that you've got one health club. Um, that's uh, undertaking this. Does that sound like a reasonable step to? It to does. Strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. especially if you're uh, if you're getting questions about you know how much does this cost? Is it a burden on you know the gym and facility providers? And that's a great thing to point out that they're already making this commitment. Um, they're ready to purchase this equipment once it is made available. We need to require the equipment manufacturers to bring this equipment to market so that the facilities can you know, do right by their customers and fulfill this commitment. Mm-hmm. So that's a great point. Mm-hmm. It might work with some offices better than others, uh, but that's, uh, you know, depending on how the conversation is going, that's, a, that's always a good a good argument to make. Mm-hmm. Again, thank you both. Yeah, definitely. Hey, hey, hey. So first and foremost, I am all for the role play, as as you guys know from the the um, leadership week on ACB. Um, one thing that we, I won't say we neglected, but one thing that we left sort of in the dust as far as our leadership training is concerned was the follow-up. Um, I know that the state of Florida, we were very successful with kind of locking down the LAs. If they had a question, we 
responded back with what if we didn't have that information at hand we responded back via email and we tried with all of our all of our meetings to make sure that we had a follow-up date for you and Swatha to to correspond with these LAs and or representatives and hopefully senators so I think it, it, it would be good if we remind folks that if they have questions if there's something in the presentations that we can't answer that we make sure that we lock down something some form of follow-up communication with the offices whether it be from our teams themselves from the states or passing it along to you and swatha so that you can take the torch and, and carry it forward that's a great point anthony thank you so we will be sharing uh, additional background material on all of these legislative imperatives at the bottom of all of them. It will uh, provide the advocacy at acb.org email address, uh, as well as the national office phone number and encourage folks for more information to, to contact Swatha and or me. Um, and again, we will have the the Hill Feedback Survey as well. And uh, we'll be sure to highlight that tonight, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, as well as at the, the leadership conference and legislative seminar sessions. Um, and to your point, Anthony, it's our, our feedback and our follow-up is only as strong as our, our members and affiliates. So thank you all in, in Florida, as well as the other affiliates who do a really good job of reaching back out and building those bridges to the LAs, the legislative aides, and heck, the, the scheduler, the staff assistant, the legislative correspondent, all the way up the chain to build those relationships because today's le legislative, excuse me, today's staff assistant is tomorrow's legislative aide, yep. is, you know, next year's chief of staff and then a future elected official themselves. So we want to make sure that we build those relationships. We're respectful of everyone with whom we meet uh, and we make a great impression, but while also impressing the need for greater accessibility. Clark, before I go, can you stress the, the importance of if in those meetings we're getting really good feedback, we're getting really good interest that putting that on those forms and letting you guys know in the national office, hey, we had this really great meeting, they were interested, they asked questions and so on and so forth, that helps to make the relationships for national even stronger because you guys can go back with the feedback, with the questions answered, et cetera. Yeah, I think you just made that point for me, Anthony, but I will second everything you just said. And I'll also say, you don't have to have all of the answers in the meeting, it is uh, perfectly all right to say, you know what, I don't know, yep. but I will find out and I will follow up. Or I don't have the answer, but I know someone who does. Let me put you in contact with them. Uh, you know, you're building, you're building trust. You're building uh, a respectful relationship with the staffer, uh, but you're also proving your your value as a potential, you know, future asset to them because you know people, you can find answers, you can help share the voice of their constituents in the disabled community. Um, so never, never feel like you have to have an answer there and then, 
you can always follow back up with them. And you know what? Following up is also not a bad thing because then that creates another, another touch point that you have with them in the future and a possibility to schedule another time to connect and also let them know that you're serious about the issue because it, it takes a level of effort to have one meeting on a topic. Um, but when you're showing them that you have the fortitude to follow through and continue raising the issue with them, they know it's not going to go away, you know, just as a, a flight of fancy, right? It's something that you're committed to. It's something that you're stressing the importance of to them. And you want them to show their commitment by co-sponsoring the legislation as well. Clark. All yeah. right, Swatha, how about a little role playing? So in this role play, Donna, you will be the member of Congress here in Virginia, and your constituent, Leslie Spoon, has come to talk to you about the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will see my ignorance come out here. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Ms. Ms. Browning. Thank you for thank you for having us today. My name is Leslie Spoon, and I'm with the Florida Council of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind. Well, hello. How may I help you today? We are here to talk about the Exercise and Fitness for All Act, um, which is near and dear to my heart. I am a certified personal trainer and a certified aerobic instructor in the state of Florida, and this is very near and dear to me. It was introduced in the last Congress um, with the Senate. 2504 with Duxbury or Duxworth, excuse me, and uh, the House HR 4756. And uh, we're, we're coming to you today to see if you'd like to co-sponsor this bill. Your congressperson would like to co-sponsor this bill to give everybody the right to work out. Um, to come into a gym when you're visually impaired or blind is very, very scary because the equipment may not work. Um, you might want to get on a treadmill or an elliptical or a bike, and you may not be able to. You won't be able to because it's all um, touchscreen. You know, you can't, and if you can't see, you can't, you can't start the machine. You can walk into the building, which is accessible. It may be handicap accessible with ramps, um, you know, for wheelchair people to come in or uh, vision, vision impaired people to come in. But once you get in the building, you cannot work out, which is really hard for us. We'll have to ask a staff person, uh, could you please start this machine for me? You know, and once they start the machine, you might be flying. You know, I don't know if you've ever been into a gym and you work out, but just try it sometime. Walk into a facility and blindfold yourself and get on a treadmill or an elliptical or a bike and have somebody start you and see if you're flying and you won't know how to stop it. And might fly off the machines so that sounds frightening <laughs> isn't that frightening i know it's very scary um so you know we're asking not for a lot um you know you could have our phones talk to us now um they talk to everybody they have this built-in accessibility modes where you can phone talk to you through apple um the apple phone and it's not hard. It's an input-output, so you could have these this stuff put into machines. And the blind and visually impaired community, or even people in wheelchairs, you know, they could work out. It's just so near and dear to our hearts. So we would love for your Congress people to co-sponsor this bill. 
so how do how do you see this uh if, if this were to come to fruition uh how do you see this affecting the community to which you represent uh do you have examples of uh what kind of costs uh this may involve or idea um or examples of things in in way that would how would it affect you um what examples can you give me that how it would help you sure thank you so it would affect me because i'm an instructor and a personal trainer and i also teach classes through our american council of community but it would also help go into a class and take a class. I don't know if you've ever taking, taken a group fitness class where you're just standing there. I would challenge you to blindfold yourself and go into a class and just try and take a class. They're saying, st- go to the right, go to the left, go forward, you know, and, and we're confused. And even other disabilities, you know, they don't have, they come into a class, people are like, oh my gosh, why are you here? You know, somebody in a wheelchair might want to take a class. They may want to take a, a, weight, a weight training class and they might look at them and say, oh my gosh, why are you here? So this would really help the, all the disability communities, not just the blind and visually impaired community. And the cost, there's really not much cost to it. You can input, output um, things to talk to you. <laughs> and um, Planet Fitness has, has started this now with their new machines, getting new machines from their old machines. So their old machines, they don't have them anymore. They're bringing in new machines and the accessibility is already in the machine. So it's not a big ask. It sounds like it would be a very good. Um, I would look forward to hearing um, more about this from you. Um, And I, I think I would more than um, more than likely, uh, be willing to do this. Uh, Wonderful! It sounds it sounds like a positive move. Uh, you know, we want people to be healthy. Uh, we want people to uh, experience uh, being able to exercise or just take better care of themselves in the future. That could bring other costs down, such as insurance or medication use so this this uh could be a uh positive move uh and this i appreciate well, wonderful coming, thank and you i and appreciate you coming in and talking to me and uh, explaining this to me and showing me how this affects your community and others even and uh i appreciate that it doesn't just affect one community it affects many and uh and i also appreciate that uh, the cost will be low. And, and, uh, I appreciate and I you let, if time. you need it, and if you have any other questions, um, you can reach out to Clark Rockville and Swatha in the American Council of the Blind office, and you can reach out to them at, at advocacy at acb.org. All right. Great, great, great. Thank you That's for your time, Miss awesome. Browning. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you coming. And Leslie and Donna, thank you both. And Donna, you you saw yourself short. I I imagine uh, you will folks will have many interactions with staff and representatives and senators 
um, that are very similar to that. Very similar questions they will ask. Very similar interest in bringing overall health costs down and uh, and understanding that if folks are able to improve their physical and mental well-being through exercise, that that will lead to lower insurance and health care costs in the future. Thank you. Okay, sorry, I'm back. Um, I am wondering, Swata and Clark, if you have suggestions for what I would consider reaching across the aisle, possibly to Congress members and senators who may not have a history of voting for similar legislation. I mean, I, I would think this is a everybody come one, come all kind of let's all get on this bandwagon together. But, you know, for various reasons, people may not see it that way. Mm -hmm. So just curious to know if you have any suggestions, um, if you are approaching someone, perhaps um, I'm here in California and perhaps I live in a district where my a member is a Republican, not picking on them or anybody, but um, mm -hmm. just, you know, we're going to encounter people who just don't have a history of voting um, for this legislation that we're trying to promote, uh, yes. whether this or any other piece, uh, the other three imperatives. Again, mm -hmm. thank sure. you. So lots of members like you would like to know that the bill is bipartisan or want, or want to get in the effort of making it bipartisan. So um, it's in the House because there's already a Republican and Democrat on the sponsoring it so um yeah just hide that fact that they're not gonna be alone in the um like in the list of sponsors so mm -hmm. yeah and to swatha's point um politically there are sometimes it's difficult to make a bill bipartisan because Sometimes folks don't want to be the first of their party mm -hmm. to join a bill. Uh, but in this case, it's already bipartisan. So they're not, you know, they're not blazing the trail. They're not stepping out there on a limb all by themselves. You know, they're joining their colleague from their party, uh, whether it's, you know, Desaulnier and, and Titus on the Democratic side or Representative Young, Young from Alaska on the Republican side. So <laughs> The bill is already bipartisan, mm -hmm. um, so in in that way, you know, there again, it's it, it should be an easier ask in that in that regard from a strictly political sense. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. On the policy side, and I'm going to do some very broad generalizations here, so you know, don't hold them against me, but. Generally, if you're speaking to a Republican member, they will care about um, the costs. They will care about the impact on business. Uh, will this create jobs or lose jobs? Will this cost money? And I, I think it's fair in this regard to talk with them about you know, the, the personal independence of being able to have access to exercise and fitness equipment, that it is, it is not a heavy burden or new technology that we're asking for. 
you know, accessible accessibility software and technology exists. It exists in our smartphones. It exists in the the watch I'm wearing right now. It exists in our desk phones. Um, so it comes in many different shapes and sizes, and it is um, it is not burdensome to have it included in exercise and fitness equipment as well. You can always point to the the audio output of uh, ATM machines. Also, something that folks wouldn't think about as being a um, you know a high tech piece of equipment, but something that's rather you know a rather simplistic piece of technology, similar to exercise and fitness equipment. So the accessibility software can take all shapes and sizes um, to make the equipment accessible. And then the, the final point that I'll, I guess that I could say two more things. Um, the point you mentioned, Stephanie, about Planet Fitness, how the facility providers are already committing to doing this. They just need the companies to, to step up and make the equipment accessible um, is always a good point. And then... Also, the point that Donna and Leslie raised in their role play um, about healthcare costs and what the impact on access to fitness and exercise can do for long-term health, can do for long-term independence, and allow people with disabilities and just older Americans in general to age in place and not have to be you know, placed into a shelter or home, but remain in our community mm -hmm. um, and still live active and healthy lifestyles. Well, thank so, you. Yeah, I'm just gonna add question. Go ahead, Swatha. I was gonna add that it also helps to do research, to do research background research on your congressman or senator. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. figuring out what party they're, a party they're, what party they're part of or um, what issues they care about can also help, help that help can go, can go a long way and advocacy work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great, well, thank you. Yeah, and Aswatha, I really like that. So you know, to uh, if, they, if they're passionate about healthcare, you can play up the, the healthcare implications. If they're uh, an ally of, the U.S. Chamber in business, you can talk about how uh, gyms and other businesses are already asking for this from the market. If they're big on technology, you can play on the how far technology has come and what's possible with accessibility software. So that's mm -hmm. a great point to do your homework. Hey, Clark, um, just yeah. to that, I, I would also mention because a lot of them this is going to sound really strange, but a lot of them are young. So to add to Stephanie's question, um, you know, a lot of them love to work out. When I was up last year and I spoke about this, you know, I, I started like, you know, do you guys work out? And they're like, yes, you know, because you're just talking to them. You know, think of them as people because they are and they're young. So, you know, they love to work out. So, you know, you just challenge them to say, you know, put a blindfold on and walk into a gym, you know, and if, if we get to talk to some of them, I'm going to ask them, did you take me up on my challenge? You know? <laughs> so. and, and Leslie, you're talking about the, the staff members for the, the members the of LAs. Congress, right? The LAs. Yeah. Some of the LAs we spoke with last year. Yes. Mm -hmm. The, the legislative staff on Capitol Hill can, mm -hmm. can be yeah. very young. <laughs> 
yeah. in, in their twenties <laughs> and thirties. Right. So just a thought. Mm. Thank you. I have to piggyback on what Leslie just said. Um, in the conversations last year, we, we really went far with this imperative and by bringing it to their, you know, they work out, they have these, you know, they have these modes of the way that they structure their lives. And when we present to them that we want to structure our lives the same way, but then we get to the gym and we're stymied, we're stuck. It really did make a, a, a presence. It really did give pause and have them asking the questions like, well, you know, how did you work out when you got to the gym or what is it like for you and, and things like that. So Leslie's right on point on that. And even if the representative or the senator themselves aren't someone that you would think would be interested in that kind of conversation, their staff is. So if you can connect on the human level like that, you've got it in. So that was my point. Uh, Swatha, any points you'd like to make to, to drive this issue home and uh, wrap up on our first legislative imperative, the Exercise and Fitness for All Act, S2504 and HR 4756? Yeah, so just key things to remember when you talk to the of Congress to cite the bill numbers if possible and... Um, mentioned that this issue is important to you and your and your um and yeah your 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 peers and that um this exists it exists so and also just do homework so yeah definitely just do all that and you'll be and it'd be, it'd be a good beating so i think thanks swatha and thank you to everyone who joined us here tonight as well as sheila for hosting hosting and anthony for streaming and we will close out. Well, I guess if anyone has additional questions, um, you can always reach Swatha and me by emailing advocacy at acb.org. And we will close out this legislative imperative conversation on the Exercise and Fitness for All Act, like we do all advocacy update podcasts, by saying keep advocating. Keep advocating.